Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning. This is Michael Goldsmith. I'm with Father Will Thompson this morning. We're at St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. It's a little bit of a wet morning this morning, so I know it's been raining across most of the area, and uh, we've had some pretty bad weather coming through our area, and especially through uh, Sioux Falls. And uh, I know there's a tornado that we're going to talk to Heather uh, in just a little bit about the area down there and what's going on there. But good to be with you, Father. Good to be with you, Michael, as we uh, come together this morning. Uh, probably good to start with a prayer yes. here today. So let's Expect- pray in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the many blessings in our lives. We thank you for holding us in the palm of your hand and caring for us, especially on this day as uh, some of our listeners are um, responding to the effects of the extreme weather uh, over these last few hours. Uh, on this day, we also remember as September 11th, uh, the 18th an- anniversary of those life-changing events in New York uh, and in Virginia. And so, Father, we pray uh, especially for all those who have been affected, both in past events and in more recent events, that you would continue to hold them in the palm of your hand. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we are going to be uh, turning it over to Heather, uh, our uh, listener coordinator in Sioux Falls. Uh, Heather, tell us a little bit about what's, uh, what, what uh, went on here this last night. Well, it was a very exciting evening here in Sioux Falls, but not the kind that we wanted. Right. <laughs> we, um, about 1130, uh, I live about two blocks from 41st Street, and there's an advanced auto parts there um, that got hit by a tornado last night and is pretty much gone now. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that on the on the morning news. So my home is just about two blocks away from there, and I am currently blocked into my home. I um, The streets, I can't get out either way. There are so many trees and debris, um, and a tornado just rips through our whole neighborhood. It looks like uh, as far as I can see in my little corner of the world, uh, there's a lot of tree damage and a lot of debris, but it seems like all the homes are intact, and so we're just grateful for that. It doesn't look like any homes have been majorly damaged, so yeah, just wanted to offer a, a thanksgiving to God for that. Amen. Has anybody been injured? Do you know any injuries or all that's good? Well, the power is out. Um, and I've been trying to conserve my battery on my cell phone sure. because I don't know mm-hmm. how long it's going to be. So I haven't really, I feel like I've kind of been in a bubble. I sure. don't really know um, if there's been injuries or major damage other places in Sioux Falls, but I just know of um, my little area. Um, we have a lot of advanced auto parts buildings in our yard and trees, <laughs> and it's just kind of a... a, a 
kind of hard to gra- grapple with what's going on. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a, a surreal vision out, outside yeah. of your outside of your windows. There, uh, we will certainly be keeping you uh, and all the residents there uh, as he falls in our prayers. And it, and you know the uh, <laughs> just the ex- that extreme weather we're just kind of wiping, you know, you know, going right across the whole the whole listening area. And yep. uh, some is sounds like it's going to continue uh, throughout the day. So Heather, thank you for uh, giving us an update and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be certainly be including all of the residents who falls on our prayerfully yours segment yes. here a little bit later in the show. Wonderful, thank, thank you. And and it does. Uh, Aaron told us that there is no serious injuries or fatalities, so that is a, a great great blessing. So, uh, but we'll be praying for you, Heather, and we'll, I'm sure there'll be things that we'll be doing uh, as as the days go forward, and uh, you can keep us up to date and uh, what what we're able to do for that area of our network. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Thanks, Heather. Bye. Well, that's a good good thing that nothing serious happened. That's never good when a tornado comes through. But no, any no, serious not. weather, of course, we've had serious weather uh, down with Dorian and slammed against uh, the Bahamas for almost two days, and that's just devastated down there. So we pray for those people down there also. But it also hit made landfall in the Carolinas and had some damage there. So we have some other people that are in our prayers also. And uh, so we're just uh, thankful that God is still a part of our lives and that, uh, that especially here in our network, that nobody was injured or, or had some serious... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and you know those natural disasters—they, they, they do come. But we also have uh, a lot of a lot of generosity in responding mm-hmm. to those uh, and yes. responding to other uh, human experiences. And so, uh, uh, we're, uh, in just a moment, we're going to bring on uh, Bob Tariba and Mary Alessio. Uh, for the past 15 years, uh, Bob Tariba has been had an unwavering passion and loyalty for, uh, for inspiring and serving those in need as the executive director of Catholic Charities in Southern Minnesota. And now retirement is coming up. And so uh, uh, he and Mary are going to be um, uh, offering some reflections mm-hmm. uh, on who and what have inspired them along the way and just the experience that you've had uh, throughout these past 15 years. So, uh, Bob, Mary, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you very Thank much, Thank you very Father. much, Father. And Michael, good That's to see you. Good. Thank you. Great for you to be here today. And why don't we start with Bob? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then when you're done, we can go over to Mary. Just kind of give us a, a brief sure. description of what you guys do, and, and, and your, you can do a little bit of your personal life, too, if you want. You know? So <laughs> sure. go ahead, Bob. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Michael. Um, yeah, you know, uh, for the last 19 years, I've been the executive director of Catholic Charities for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and uh, it's really been a joy and a privilege to do that. Um, I feel very blessed that I've had this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to our family moving to Winona, um, my wife Delia and I and our two sons um, moved from Springfield, Illinois, where I um, had the good fortune and blessing of working for Catholic Charities for 18 years uh, in Springfield, Central Illinois. Um, it's um, Springfield, I grew up in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. and I think we'll probably touch on that a little bit later on. A little bit. Uh, but, um, you know, Springfield is um, where uh, we've got great farmland there, great uh, land for uh, soybeans and corn and rich soil, deep, dark soil. Wonderful for that. And it's also very, very flat. <laughs> and so... 
And so when we moved uh, to Winona, right along the banks of the Mississippi River and the bluffs, it's just gorgeous. Yep. And we were struck by the scenic beauty of it. And <laughs> I never, ever take those bluffs for granted yeah. uh, coming from, from Illinois. But, um, yeah, uh, real quick, um, um, I, in college I got a degree from the University of Illinois in accounting. Mm-hmm. And um, the um, working um, in Il- in Springfield for a CPA firm. I was a CPA and uh, really enjoyed that work. But I was in my middle 20s, and I think I started that whole process of questioning um, the, the uh, idea of faith. Brought it up in, brought up in St. Anne's uh, grade school in Lansing, Illinois. Um, it, it was that whole process of exploring faith, and the, the faith you, you um, if you're fortunate, you, you bring as a child, and then taking that to the next step, and what it, does it mean in terms of relevancy as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I really uh, explored that, and through a process of spiritual direction and uh, uh, journaling and prayer, I, I came to the conclusion that it was a reasonable proposition <laughs> to believe in God. Mm-hmm. And not that reason confirms faith, but it sets the table for that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was very important to me. I think maybe that logic and reason kind of came from my uh, training as an accountant. So, yeah. um, so anyway, um, that kind of was taking place in uh, my mid-20s. And uh, based on that... Um, I started to form my relationship with God, and I thought I had a call to priesthood. Uh, I know I'm going a little long here. I hope no, 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 you're just fine. <laughs> and uh, so I, I spent a year in the seminary in the Diocese of Springfield, Illinois, and it was one of the most wonderful years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, studying theology and philosophy and prayer and the Bible and spiritual direction. And it was just wonderful and after a year the process worked i realized i did not have a vocation to to priesthood and so it was in the summer of um 1982 and it was like okay where what happens next and the job as controller for catholic charities springfield diocese opened up and uh, I interviewed with Father John Brailer and got the job. And I've been working for Catholic Charities ever since. Awesome. Fantastic. And um, so this, in a lot of ways, it's been my vocation. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mary, why don't you share a little bit? Oh, well, I, I, I'm just enthralled. I yes. love listening to <laughs> sure. your stories. And you know I have a connect with Bob just um, as far as where we both came from because I'm from the Chicago area as okay. well. I've been um, in um, Minnesota for... Um, Oh, gosh, about 17 years, but I've been with um, Catholic Charities for 15 of those. And a good portion of that, most people who uh, are listeners know that I was the director of the Refugee Resettlement Program Mm -hmm. for many years Mm -hmm. and transitioned to being the director of Advancement for Catholic Charities. Mm -hmm. So how blessed am I to go from being a program director to be able to share the stories of the 17 programs of Catholic Charities Mm -hmm. and to have this wonderful man at the head of the table. You know, we always kind of think of it that um, we're a family, you know, we're we're the family of Catholic Charities and we take care of those out um, within southern Minnesota who we feel are family and Bob's always been um, at the head of the table for us, you know, like the father of of our family. I'm not saying that you're that old, Bob. We'll just that part already. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Retiring, so, yeah. 
Well, thank you. We're talking to Mary Alessio and uh, Bob Tariba from Catholic Charities here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live. And, you know, Bob, as you, as you reflect back on 19 years here, 18 years in Springfield, um, what's... Uh, you know, what's it been like just to be able to work with this organization? Um, and, you know, who are some of the people that have inspired you along the way uh, to keep you going and ultimately to become the man that you are today? Yeah, well, thanks uh, for that question, Father. Um, you know, like I said uh, just, you know, uh, earlier, that it's, it's really been a joy and a privilege. And I really think uh, that it's a calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel very blessed that... Um, I had that call and I and I uh, responded, but God has been very, uh, very good, and uh, uh, I I feel like you you can't you can't really work as an executive director of Catholic Charities. You wouldn't last two months if if it wasn't predicated on your faith and your relationship with God. Sure. And so you know you just can't do it. It's it's the Lord's work, and that's so it's a joy and a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, in terms of uh, my early maybe affinity for Catholic charities, I can remember growing up in St. Anne's um, uh, grade school in Parish in Lansing, Illinois, south suburbs of Chicago, and that was in the Chicago Archdiocese. And so I I always had this sense that Chicago Catholic Charities was this like the city of Chicago, city of broad shoulders, this you know big sprawling compassionate entity that really helped people regardless of their faith tradition and I think that really appealed to me from the the get-go but I also have to give a lot of credit in terms of inspiration uh, to my mom and dad Um, the way they lived their lives um, they um, pretty much a blue-collar upbringing where uh, faith was meaningful but it was also given practical expression and um, and so it was um, um, my brother and sister and I, we grew up in that, and uh, I feel like they gave us a wonderful example of uh, a practical expression of living their faith in God. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, Mary, you recently wrote an article in the Diocesan Publication about uh, Robert's love for the Chicago Cubs and Abraham Lincoln. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it, it's a fun experience to walk into Bob's office because the walls are filled with Abraham Lincoln pictures. <laughs> and statues and and of course near his desk um, there's the big W for the wins for the Chicago Cubs and um, <laughs> you never see Bob in spring or summer without this love-worn Chicago um, Cubs hat and I just when I when I really wanted to do a tribute to Bob um, it, it came I always feel that the Holy Spirit kind of inspires me when I write. And um, as I sat, I just envisioned that office. And I thought, how um, incredible is it that a man who is actually leading the way for Catholic Charities um, loves uh, a team that actually has been the underdog for almost, um, <laughs> what, 107 years before they, uh, they, they won the World <laughs> Series in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then you also have... 
one of our nation's heroes who really was quite an underdog himself. You know, mm -hmm. he struggled, he went through depression, he had all kinds of different heartaches and, mm -hmm. and struggles, and um, he really wasn't somebody who maybe appeared like, oh, wow, he's a winner right away. Right. Um, he was kind of an underdog, and I thought, um, here, these are, um, you know, you have a hero that of Bob's in Lincoln, in Lincoln and his favorite team, and these are both, you know, kind of coordinating with underdogs, you know, and I thought, um, how how ironic is that, that the leader of Catholic Charities, it, it has those two two models of um, inspiration for him. And, and I really do feel that in many ways it represents what Bob leads through Catholic Charities. He never gives up on anybody. He believes that, you know, there's potential within all of us, um, that, you know, there's, an, there's a little bit of an underdog in all of us, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that little bit of a caterpillar that crawls through life, and, and you just need that kind of um, belief that, that we're going to be able to empower you and transform you to reach your full potential. Yeah. And thank you, Mary. We, we had to ask you because we had to ask Bob about his love <laughs> for the Cubs. And Abraham Lincoln, we, we would have to uh, skip our, the rest of our listeners yes, our uh, interviews <laughs> for the rest of the day. Um, but uh, in, our, in our last minute here, uh, Mary, just real quickly, uh, we have a celebration coming up uh, yes. for Bob. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. We have a retirement celebration for Bob at Mayo Woodstone Barn. Um, we have some wonderful people who have supported that um, and, and enabled us to have that beautiful venue. Again, I'm thanking the Powers family and um, so many other sponsors who actually have um, come together to be able to have this celebration for Bob. We encourage anyone who wants to just stop by and to wish him well mm -hmm. um, to be there. We will be debuting um, a new agency video that night. Um, there's a program from 6 to 7, and I encourage everybody to um, watch it. If they're not able to come, they can yep. go to Catholic Charities of Southern Minnesota, and I think that it will um, speak to what Bob has done for everyone in Southern Minnesota. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Well, this is Michael Goldsmith. I'm with Father Will Thompson. It's been a pleasure for you guys, and we'll be back shortly right after this break, and uh, thanks for listening. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. Coming your way September 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. It's one of our major fundraising events of the year and our largest goal ever of $600,000. We'll need your help to get there. We have a huge lineup of inspiring hosts and guests sharing stories of how they found their way to the Catholic faith or strengthened their love for Jesus. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time and call in to 877 7950122 to support Real Presence Radio. 
Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. It's time now for our Prayer for Yours segment. And again, almost every day we receive prayer requests and asking for prayers for those closest to us. And we hold these needs close in prayer at Real Presence Radio. We're going to share a few of these prayer requests now, and we invite all of you who are listening to take a moment and quiet yourselves and bring yourself into prayer. And we'll go into our specific intentions. As we join our prayers today, we begin, as we did this show today, remembering those in Sioux Falls who are affected by the tornado and all those throughout our listening area who have been impacted by the extreme weather here in these last few hours. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would hold them in the palm of your hand, that you would bring generous and able bodies to clear out the debris, keep all of your children safe, and help them as they rebuild to do so with hope and with perseverance. For this we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for Anne and her family who are awaiting her military transfer. Lord, you know how difficult it can be to be uprooted, to move from one place to another, but as you were with the Israelites, being with them throughout their journey, those 40 years in the desert, be with Anne and her family. Guide them and protect them all the days of their lives. For this we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray today for the healing of addictions within Carol's family. Those addictions that can change us, that can alter our personalities, that can alter just the way that we live. It can be such a challenge for families. And so we entrust Carol and her family to you, Lord, asking that you would grant them the freedom of the children of God. For this we pray. Lord, hear our prayer pray for Yvonne's grandson to change his life for the better. Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to shine your light upon him, to bring him out of darkness, bring him into your own wonderful light, help him to walk along the path of salvation. For this we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Pray today for the love and forgiveness between Danica and Anne. There are those experiences in our lives that can create wedges, sometimes even a chasm. 
between people who care for each other, who love each other. Father, we ask you to heal their relationship, to fill them with your love, to shed your lights on their faults, but to help them to move beyond those faults in a way that helps them to know your companionship even more. For this we pray, Lord, Lord hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We pray for all, all those who are served by Catholic charities throughout our listening area, but especially for Bob and Mary as Bob's preparing for his retirement. Father, I ask you, let him know of the gratitude of so many that he has served throughout his career. And may you fill him with your goodness as he moves into this new period of life. For this we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift up all of these prayers to you, trusting in your goodness. We make these prayers as we summarize them in the word in the words that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Well, this prayerful yours is brought to you every time we have a priest on with us, and we give thanks and take time to pray for these of the Real Presence Radio family. If you have a specific intention and you would like to be prayed for, please visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit it under prayer request at the top of the page. You can also do this on our app, and you can select prayer request from there. We'll be back shortly right after this. Coming your way September 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. It's one of our major fundraising events of the year and our largest goal ever of $600,000. We'll need your help to get there. We have a huge lineup of inspiring hosts and guests sharing stories of how they found their way to the Catholic faith or strengthened their love for Jesus. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time and call in to 877-795-0122 to support Real Presence Radio. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon on a rock fest on September 14th. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. 
Well, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Michael Goldsmith with Father Will Thompson. We're here at St. James Coffee this morning. If you're in the area, stop on down, have a cup of coffee, uh, give us a wave, and we'd love to see you down here. Uh, it's just a beautiful morning. It looks like it's kind of stopped raining. I don't know if it's going to stay that way or not. It stopped <laughs> raining for a moment, but I, th- I think it's going to be good coffee drinking weather yes, here in just sure. a little bit. We're yes. anticipating some more, more rain to, to come through. But, yes. uh, you know, as, as I've been doing the last, I don't know, well, I think as, as long as I've been co-hosting, you know, kind of giving updates on the uh, the traffic, yeah. the road is clear. It is. This is wonderful. It's it is a done. wonderful day to you know, be able to drive north, drive south on 18th Avenue, and stop on in at St. James oh, Coffee bet. House. You know, it was wonderful, uh, really, having Bob and, and Mary. Yep. Um, you know, Bob has been the uh, the director, the executive director, as, as long as I've been in seminary and, and a priest yep. uh, here, been, here for the been Diocese a while. in yep. Rochester. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, really a blessing to be able to honor him and give thanks. Um, I'm, I'm, we just kind of ran out of time there right, yep. right towards the end, so I wanted to give those details again uh, for anyone who is interested um, in attending uh, Bob's retirement party. That's going to be coming up on September 17th. Uh, so that would be next Tuesday. Uh, starts at 4.30 p.m. at the Mayo Wood Barn. Uh, and I think there might be some details on the Catholic Charities I'm website. I'm sure there is, yes. Uh, I think so she could, said that. You could check that out there as well. Um, but it's you know it's really amazing. Mary just made a side comment. There's 17 different uh, programs and services right. that they offer through Catholic charities, and um, you know one of, one of the more public ones is probably the um, you know the refugee resettlement yep. program, mm-hmm. and uh, we've benefited from that right here in, in Rochester quite a bit. Um, I know there's also, there was just a, a request uh, put out about uh, having a coordinator for the warming, the new warming center Correct. that's going to be uh, built uh, here. Not built, but uh, there's a building that's going to be renovated uh, to provide a warming center for people in the in the mm-hmm. winter, as we've just noticed that there's just not enough space yeah. uh, for everybody. Do you know much everybody. about that? With the war- is, it, is it tied I, with Salvation Army and that stuff, or is it just Catholic Church? Well, I, I know that Salvation Army has the original warming center, right. and, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue. Okay. Uh, but the city has been exploring some options gotcha. and uh, I don't know who's all sure. involved okay. with that. I, but it's I, knew, I knew they were doing all that and, and working together and trying to get that all because it takes a lot to, to keep that open and, yeah. and it's a real need I mean with the homeless people that we have in this area and I'm, I, all across our network I can you know people can really and tune in that, to that because you know it does get cold. So yep, you know absolutely. we, you know, these people don't have a lot of options. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the you know the city is not going to be running it, but the city wants it to be sustainable. Sure. And so, so reaching out to, that, yeah. to people like Catholic Charities is a great way to ensure that this is going to keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for that update, Father. It looks like we are ready to go into Straight Talk with Father Will Thompson. If you have questions for him, please call in with your question, 877-795-0122. We are blessed uh, to have Father with us today and have his knowledge of the faith. And if you have a question, that's something that's on your mind and you want to uh, ask Father, a question about that or something that's going on in your life. Maybe you want a little clarification. Whatever it may be, 
perhaps somebody's uh, asked you something and you're just not clear on that and how the Catholic faith uh, ties into that. Of course, be safe uh, if you're driving. We don't want you to be calling with that, so you need to pull over. But you can also do this on Facebook. You can give a shout-out on there, and you can uh, send that in, and they'll relay that to us to uh, read to Father. Um, but if you want to be on the phone, 877-795-0122, and then you can ask the question directly to Father. So it looks like we have one in right now, Father. It's from Claire from uh, Holly. Claire, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Can you ask your question to Father? Go ahead. Um, my question was, what is the process that the church does to um, determine whether apparitions are um, uh, true or real? And so you're, you're asking, are you asking specifically about uh, Marian apparitions? Uh, yeah. Okay, that's a, no, that's a great question, and uh, I'll let you know right off the bat that it's been several years since I've uh, really looked at the entire list. Uh, but it, but it's it is a pretty comprehensive. Uh, set of uh, questions and uh, things that the church will do to test out whether this this is a you know the real deal so to speak um, I know you know there's rigorous uh, rigorous interviewing um, I mean I think the CIA probably learns a few things from <laughs> what the church will ask about Mar- Marian apparitions to you know look for consistency uh, in in what the the people who had you know received the apparition uh, they're looking for consistency in what was there um, and and part of the consistency is not only of that particular story, but it's what is the message of Mary? Uh, so what, what, what message should Mary pass along? And, you know, if, if, if it's anything that just really goes way off into in, you know, past left field uh, of, you know, what she has said in previous apparitions or what, you know, what the church teaches, you know, there's some questions that, that will come up with that. Um, uh, I know they they also look at you know what is what is the outcome what what happens after the apparition um, so sometimes there will be an apparition and uh, you know the church will wait a few years uh, to confirm mm-hmm. that apparition uh, and one of the things they look at is you know it, is it, is it about God or is it about an enterprise? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly there there are some place some places that you know off on the side you're going to have some rosaries for sale. But but if it, if it seems like this is really more about bringing people in, about having a financial influx uh, into an area, uh, there's some red flags that will that will come up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the big thing is is looking at the the person who received the apparition, um, asking other people uh, in the area uh, what what it is that they saw or heard through through this, um, and I guess that, that's probably the be- the best answer I could give you right now. I know that there are some other uh, questions that are looked into, uh, but it is a pretty rigorous uh, uh, some r- rigorous research, and the church doesn't confirm an apparition until it is done right so right now you know we hear about Medjugorje um, and so that the church has not officially said that Medjugorje is uh, is, is real mm-hmm. and the reason for that is because it always waits until the, the apparitions are done because uh, she's still the, 
two of the or all of them are still hearing messages are they that's not? right yeah so i mean there is and there's clear there has to be clarification to that and they they have to go through uh you know being talked to and uh kind of debrief like you talked you know really yep. Yep. with with like the cia and i mean even with like fatima which she has on here but you know the children had to be separated yep. and they had to go through detail you know, and you go back to Lourdes with uh, Bernadette. She was uh, almost persecuted to a great deal of length. Yeah. You know, uh, with with the church because the, they just weren't sure what was going on. You know, because mm-hmm. was it her that had with the immaculate? Uh, she was called the immaculate, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm the immaculate. So, and they were conception. really concerned about that, right? I mean, because yep. that had been nothing that really had come up from that point. So, there's a right. lot of things that have to go into that, and they're always cautious, mm-hmm. always cautious, which oh. you have to be. So, yeah. So, thanks for that question, Claire. That's uh, it's really a good one. Yep. Uh, it reminds me that I have to go back and do a little more research myself, <laughs> just to uh, yep. <laughs> see, see see what else uh, it is that the church will look into before clarifying or before confirming right uh those apparitions so did that you. answer your question claire yeah yep. okay thank all you. right you bet yep. perfect well if you want to call in 877-795-0122 just like claire did and you could be on the phone and ask the question yourself or you can just give us the question and we will uh say it or read it from from there if you don't want to be on the phone but 877-795-0122 again you can go on facebook and give us a shout out that way if you're kind of in that techie mode so yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah we're waiting for your questions and uh I think right now, Father, I think we can maybe, you know, while we're waiting for another question, talk a little bit about what this somber day brings. Yeah, you know, it's always difficult uh, uh, today, September 11th, not to reflect on the uh, the events of 18 years ago. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I still remember pretty vividly, as, as many people do, at least many people who are outside of or beyond high school. Kind of like the uh, Kennedy assassination for la- our last generation. This is kind of ours in our in our generation, yeah. really. I mean, you know where you were. Maybe even more for the moon landing, maybe you might know where you were. You know, those kinds of those was big not, events. I was you know? not yet a thought in my parents' exactly. mind. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, landing. those are kind of the same, <laughs> same things that kind of tie, you know, those big events that happen that, you know, it changes. It really does change the course of what's going yeah. on in the country. So it, no, it it does, and um, yeah. As, as I was reflecting this morning, I thought, yeah, everybody in high school or younger would have no recollection mm-hmm. or wasn't even born, uh, you know, when when this happened. But I was I was a, a sophomore in college, um, and so I do have pretty clear recollection. I mm-hmm. just you know I'd woken up and gotten ready for the day, and I was eating cereal in my dorm room and <laughs> turned on the TV, and, and I remember just looking at it at the TV for a couple of minutes, like what's kind of what odd, is going on? What is yeah, this? When I, you first I really had no idea, and then I happened to see the second plane, yeah. uh, you know, f- uh, fly in, um, and you know later realized that uh, a few years prior I had visited New York. Mm-hmm. I had gone up to Twin Towers, oh, and did. I think I might have been on one of the floors that was or, oh, you know, really? that, that was hit. So, uh, so just thinking about the people that were there, that were working there. Um, and then you know I went into uh, went into the class because you know I wasn't sure do we have class do we right, out of class yeah. what what is this all going to mean is you know is the entire country at war what what what's happening and 
so we got to our first class, and uh, the professor said, uh, you know, start class. And, and after a few minutes, he paused. He said, uh, you know, I just want to let you know that we, we are going to still have class. And lest you think I'm just a cold-hearted whatever, uh, <laughs> you, know, you should know that my daughter uh, works in, in one of those buildings. Oh, wow. And we are going to continue to have class. And so I think, I think the professor just felt like he had to do, do something. something. Yeah, uh, go to, crazy to keep his mind right. off of what happened. And uh, later, later uh, we asked the next class um you know about his daughter and he said yeah she she never even made it to work that day uh that wow. she was she was late uh late getting out and uh was stuck in traffic when uh when, whenever everything happened yep. um but it is it is really just one of those life-changing moments and even here in the upper midwest you know we, we feel the effects of that i was just reading an article this morning about how uh, when we have those major events uh it often takes a good 20 30 years to really be able to look back and identify you know what did that do right you know what did that do for us and you know uh, there were so many lives lost that day but there continue to be lives lost uh because of some of these mysterious diseases and mm-hmm. and, and, they, and they know it's connected to the twin towers right. but yeah it's just it's such a unique uh disease and they're still trying to figure out how to um uh care for some of the Those people that, yeah. that, that you know were filled with all the dust and everything else that came uh from from those buildings but you know, here in the Midwest, you know, we look at TSA and you know, the amount of time it takes to go through the airport now. Right. Yep. You know, we have things like that. And um, and even people's travel patterns. Some people just said, you know yep. what, I'm just not going to fly anymore. It's, it's uh, just not, not worth it uh, right. to be able to do that. Um, so it certainly does change our uh, perspective. It changes our behavior. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it changes our lives. And, you know, we've had the, this, you know, the ongoing war. Uh, for uh, for the last two decades now, and yep. uh, keep praying for an end to that. And and I think sometimes uh, you know, as we look at that, we start saying, okay, well, what's you know, as our, our government, our country, you know, pushes for things like that, pushes for uh, that war, and trying to um, you know bring a resolution. All right. Uh, in those particular ways, uh, you know, it can sometimes raise up the question, you know, what's, what is the state's role in promoting virtue? Uh, that's, um, you know, we can look at that in terms of war, but we can look at that in, you know, so many other areas as well. Right. You know, what does, you know, the state owe us uh, to be able to grow in virtue? Um, Doesn't that kind of get mixed up a lot of times? Well, it does, you know, because I was, I was thinking about... Uh, you don't always think about it in that manner, do you? Really? I mean, seriously. You know that the government should should be in that in that capacity, right? Right, but but part of what part of what makes it so difficult is you know that if if the government should promote morality, what morality? Right, exactly. You know, I, I mean, I, I think of I think of you know two of the the most influential uh, treatises on on government, you know, Plato's Republic. Um, which you know we could link a little bit to Aristotle and mm-hmm. Aristotelian vir- virtue mm-hmm. ethics. Uh, that there would be that that idea of you know the government, the state, it should promote virtue, right. uh, the you know proper living, good mm-hmm. living. Uh, but then one of the other most in- influential books on government was probably Mein Kampf, you know that that, that Adolf Hitler put out, right. uh, and there was a different type of morality in exactly. there. That morality of uh, you know the Ubermensch, the Superman, the um, that's the, you know, certain races are superior to others. And so so that's you know when when I think about the state's role in promoting uh virtue, promoting morality, um sometimes I get a little cautious yeah. about that because you know states do 
promote morality. I mean, you, you just look at the laws yeah. that are passed. The laws that are passed testify to some type of morality. Uh, and so, you know, to get too heavy in saying that the state needs to promote morality. Yeah. Okay, they're going to. Yeah. But what morality is there? Yeah, exactly. And, and so I, I think in our country, as we, as we look at uh, the morality that we receive, you know, there's, there, there is that, you know, liberal democracy in the sense of, you know what, we'll, we'll put some, some, uh, you know, some stri- you know, we will put some restrictions, sure. you know, where there are some things that are certainly beyond the limits. Right. You know, if you murder someone, you will be tried. Right. Uh, you will be in prison for that. Let's, um, let's get over, we'll get into that just a little bit. Let's, uh, we'd like you to call in for 877-795-0122 for any questions. Maybe you have a question on what Father's talking about here, you know, with what's going on. We have a lot of issues that are going on with, uh, you know, around the state and, and what they're pushing, you know, to us and what our responsibility might be as, as Catholics, as, you know, getting into that. So give us a call. 877-795-0122. Uh, we really would love to hear from you and have a question for Father. Otherwise, you can go on Facebook and you can give us a shout out there. Uh, we'll get that read to Father. So we're waiting for your calls, 877-795-0122, to ask uh, Father any questions. But where does that go, Father? Why don't you continue on that? Yeah, it's... I mean, it, it's it it is difficult because there there are there's a constant need to review mm-hmm. uh, to review the needs to promote virtue, promote morality, um, and and I think as citizens sometimes we can get you know disappointed, we can get frustrated, mm-hmm. uh, we can just give up right. uh, and say you know what it's not worth engaging in the in the political um, right. um, and the U.S. Spe- bishops really push that. I mean, when we come up into different things, they're really pushing that. I know our bishop does yeah. in this, and I, I think throughout our greater uh, Real Presence network, uh, you know that the bishops are really behind that. Being a, a, a solid citizen mm-hmm. means you need to get involved, yeah, not be- just voting, not just voting. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that our, you know, our, our civic duty does not end on the first Tuesday of November. Correct. Uh, but to continue to be involved. In, in, and pushing in, those issues and bringing those issues up and, you know, and contacting your, your legislative uh, bodies, you know, those that are representing you. We need to continue to have that because it isn't. And we, I think we're going to be talking about some with, you know, MCCL and, and other things that are going. We have 40 Days for Life, another great yep. way to do that. That is pushing on a great, great uh, yeah. uh, issue that's coming up. I mean, but all of that is not just the responsibilities of the government. We are the government, really. We have representatives there, and that's what the bishops really tell us, that we need to be so involved in, in that yeah. civic duty. It just does not end by saying, hey, it's going to get taken care of up there, because it doesn't. Because right. it can be open to many, many different uh, things like you were talking about, you know, interpretation to that effect. So we need to push our Catholic uh, identity, our Catholic uh, tradition, our Catholic uh, morality into that arena, and it and it yeah. shouldn't be coming just from the from the uh, from the priest and the bishop. It needs to come from the laity. Yeah, and I, um, you know, I, I don't I don't want to steal uh, from Scott Fishbach, who we're going to be interviewing mm-hmm. right, here yep. in just just a few minutes. But um, but what, you know, one thing I have been reflecting on that's you know that there is some movement in a direction that I think we can appreciate is you know with the gov- government's decision that impacted Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. uh, that you know it, you know the Planned Parenthood decided not to receive any of the Title Ten funds uh, 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 Title yep. Ten or t- Title Title Nine Title Ten Title Ten yep. um, 
the Title Ten funds, and they, they, you know, and but the, you know, the government gave them an option. They could say, you know, if you remove abortion, okay, we will still give you these funds. And uh, you know, while well, we want to promote NFP, we want to promote that type of uh, of, of family planning. Um, there's there's something about Planned Parenthood's response that said, you know, if we can't do abortions, we're not going to receive any of this. Yeah, and and that just and that just really highlights their. View, agenda, yeah. their agenda mm-hmm. on, on, on abortion, how important abortion is to to what they do. Um, you know, the government was you know happy to continue to let them, and and there you know there, there is that uh, that idea that gets out there that well, okay, okay, if Planned Parenthood is not going to be here, who else is going to take care of uh, women's needs? Well, there are a lot of other organizations there out there that, that we take just care don't hear women, about women's right? health. Uh, they are out there, and they are discoverable as well. Um, That's but, the big but, issue. Oh, go ahead, but I, but I, but I want to. I, I want to kind of go back to a, a, a foundational point here about the state's role in promoting virtue, and the mm-hmm. state's role in promoting morality. Um, that it's not it's not enough for the state to kind of impose. Uh, it's not enough for the state just to create the best uh, the best laws possible mm-hmm. that are going to promote virtue we have to live it yeah right you know, we, we have to make it's those not just choices it, right? in our lives yeah it's, it's not just something you say well i'm just I'm, I'm just following the law and by following the law i happen to be virtuous yeah it doesn't because that's that's not fully getting at where we are supposed to be uh that you know going back to aristotle uh you know, living a virtuous life is the good life and just because we are not you know, tempted in a particular way doesn't necessarily mean we're virtuous. Right. Uh, just just because we have to live a particular way that happens to look virtuous doesn't mean that it's virtuous. That you know, we we always talk about not only our actions but also our intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are our are our intentions? Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it is it is good when the state pr- uh, promotes virtue and when, when the state promotes morality but we we also have to make a choice to live that out in our lives uh, yeah. that that it can't simply be something that is imposed upon us yep well, if you have uh, anything that you would like to talk about here today, we're happy to uh, hear from you. Uh, the, no- the number you can call is 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can also go on the Real Presence Live Facebook page and submit a question there. Yeah. Uh, just give a, give, it to, give a call in and we can uh, have Father answer your question. Maybe you were listening to us with talking about virtue and, and the way that uh, the government is responding to that. Maybe something tied to 9-11 that's happening right now that uh, is in your heart maybe that you're, you wouldn't want to uh, express about. Otherwise, we would just take any question at all that you would like to to uh, give us a call and let us know what's on your heart. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, and uh, you know, as we're as as, as I'm uh, thinking about this uh, whole idea of virtue, I'm just realizing that you know that's not necessarily a concept that's real common. Right. You know, it's not something we talk about a whole lot. And and sometimes, you know, if we do talk about virtue, it's kind of a derogatory. Uh, right. Like, oh, you know, you're such a virtuous uh, Bible banger right. or whatever. that uh, popped into my head about, uh, you know, when we have our, our confirmation with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And then what comes out of that is the fruit 
fruits, right? Mm-hmm. Now the fruits are really tied into a virtuous life, correct? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't name them all after the 12 of them. I don't even know if I could do the seven. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just not don't, in don't, my head. Don't test me either. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but I mean, really, that's, you know, that's where it begins at. So we're confirmed. Does that mean we just shut off at that moment? Because the gifts are there. So who, you know, what, you know, it, it, it is continuous. Um, yeah, well, you know, would, it's always say, though, moving in us. I, I, I would, I would say it doesn't start there. Uh, that's that there is right. Nat- I, I there said is that natu- wrong. Natural, yes. natural virtue. There are there are virtues that uh, that we should be striving for simply because of our humanity. Correct. But with the the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit, that allows us to live a supernatural virtue. Sure, right. You know, as we talk about the lives of the saints, uh, that there is that supernatural virtue that they they live and. With virtue, you know, Saint, uh, uh, not Saint, <laughs> Aristotle, uh, you know, I guess I just made a new saint there. Um, you know, Aristotle talks about living in the mean, you know, living, yeah. in the, not, not living on, on extremes, yeah. you know, on, on, on either, either side, but living in the mean, uh, that that is the virtuous life. And so if we can do that in a natural way, uh, that will train ourselves to choose to also live supernaturally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, according to the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we talk about virtue, it's, it's a habit. You know, yeah. It's a habit that forms so yeah. that it becomes normal. And if you're growing in virtue, it's going to be tough at first. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know? it's tough no matter what, but it gets yeah. easier, I think. It does because it becomes a habit, it becomes a normal thing. Uh, which ties into the reading we had the first reading today with Paul, you know, talking about how do we put on Christ, right? And that through you are a new you are a new part of Christ. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you have to get rid of that what's pulling you in the fleshy or the earthly temptation, right? Which is you know impur- impurity, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, Lust, all of those things, you know, that are are drawing you, trying to draw you away from what your true self should be, which is connected to God, is what is what Paul's talking about. You yeah. know, you need to get rid of those. When he comes into Corinth, right, he's he's seeing this church that's trying, right, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he comes in there and it's like, well, you're still living this uh, this unvirtuous life over here. Hey, you need to sweep that away mm-hmm. and put on Christ and become that new person, right. If if you don't show that outward sign of saying this is wrong over here, you're not you're not getting it. You can't live this life over here and kind of, you know, mix that in over here. You have to do it all in or not. Yeah. Yeah, as I was praying with with that reading this morning, I had the idea that, you know, this might have been the first time in history uh, where, you know, a, a common thing I know with like ESPN, they have this a little segment that will say, come on, man. And I think St. Paul might have been the first one to say that. <laughs> come, on, the Corinthians, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like, you, know, you, you, you know the gospel, you received the gospel, you were living the gospel, and now you're going back to what, the way you were living before. Yes, it doesn't uh, work that is, way. Uh, you know, it's not, yeah, that's, uh, that's not the type of freedom. And, and Paul continually goes back to that. You know, for freedom, Christ set us free. The freedom to live as the children of God, the freedom to live excellent lives, the freedom to live in virtue, the freedom to choose right to do that and you know this this last weekend um as i was talking about uh discipleship and um you know how it is that we live that uh, that discipleship out intentionally um i think sometimes it, it just scares us whether we're talking about uh, discipleship or virtue or sainthood it's like how can i do all of that 
one decision at a time. You know, and mm. not, not not even just one day at a time, mm-hmm. but one one decision at a time. You know, to look at what you are doing in just you know two minutes from now. What is something you're going to do in two minutes? Is that an autopilot decision? Or is that a conscious decision to live in virtue, a conscious decision to choose Christ, a conscious decision to take that next baby step towards sainthood? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's what ultimately we're created for. We are created or recreated through uh, the passion and, uh, and resurrection of Jesus to be with Jesus in heaven forever. That means to be saints. And we're going to have those falls. We're going to have with the Christ knows that. So he instituted it. Uh, in the sacraments and, and said, hey, we have confession here. Yep. You know, you know, the priest is going to talk to you and we're going to, you know, go through that and, and we're going to cleanse you through that. Yeah. You know, your baptism, your baptisms aren't great. It's really Jesus who's doing that. You know, we go back again to the, uh, that, that idea of the state's role in promoting mm-hmm. virtue. Uh, that's, you know, the state can do that, but the state can't save you. Right. You know, that's not, that's, <laughs> that's, not a the, big, yeah. that's not the role of the saint. No. You know, we're getting into our, our last couple of minutes here. So if anyone would like to call, uh, we welcome your questions. Uh, feel free to call in at 877-795-0122. You can also send in a question via Facebook. Uh, that number again, 877 795 I know there's people out there. I know you have questions, so give us a call in there. I'd uh, love to talk about whatever's on your mind. Yeah, uh, and it's you know it's it's hard to I think it's hard to promote virtue. It's hard to promote morality uh, because in some ways it's not you know. And I'm going to use air quotes here because if you're listening <laughs> on the radio, you're not seeing this. You know, it's not exciting. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, you know, the virtue doesn't seem exciting. You know, it's not it's not moving from one exciting thing to another. Um, you know, because we we kind of get that as as teenagers that that's how life what life is supposed to be, and and some of that hangs on with us mm-hmm. as we as we move through life. That you, you look right. for that that exciting thing, um, but you know we're not we're not created just to move from one exciting thing to another. You know, yeah. that's as we're talking about virtue, you know, that's probably more of a philosophical conversation. You know, another f- philosophy that uh, talks about moving from one exciting thing to another is hedonism. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. uh, you look at what is going to bring me pleasure right now, right. Uh, and that's what I choose. Whatever is going to bring me the most pleasure, right. uh, and you know, not even necessarily in the immediate, but maybe long-term pleasure as well. But it's all about that pleasure. But Jesus, you know, Jesus teaches us that you know, even in suffering, we can experience blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that we can we can experience God's goodness, and that's you know what our gospel is about today. As we hear the beatitudes, that you know, blessed are you who hunger now, for you you will be satisfied. Right. That there is a blessing in an absence, in a yearning, in longing for more, and that is where we are able to experience God's presence more fully. Not when we are filled, right. uh, not when we are you know, laughing. Jesus says, not you know, that there's all these different ways that I like how I like how Luke puts the beatitudes today and the you know there are there there's accounts of them in in the other gospels but mm-hmm. he he gives us the the either or kind of well i don't know if that's the right way but you know here's here's the, here's yeah, the blessing, the blessing right? and then here's and then the woe. Well, right exactly and i really kind of like that uh it kind of gives you a little bit moving on 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 well yeah i can kind of connect to that not saying that the the beatitudes that are said in, in the other Gospels aren't, but I just really kind of get that. I, I, I like that from Luke and how he gives that tie. He does it on a couple other things, too, in his Gospels. So, you know, kind of so. Um, 
He does. And we, we have a question that uh, just came in on Facebook from Gregory. Uh, the question is, what dictates a just war? Mm-hmm. Um, Gregory, I'll have to tell you the same thing uh, that I said at the beginning of this segment, that uh, I'll have to go back and do my research, make sure I, I, I get everything uh, down. But uh, the just war theory was something that was um, really brought together by St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. I think that there were there were some ideas that were being tossed around before that, but um, but the, the just war theory that we have uh, comes from St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and there are some people that say, you know, maybe we should revisit this. Uh, we should look at just war theory again, um, not necessarily because of the justice side of it, but because of the war side. Right. You know, what war looked like 800 years ago was very different than right. what it looks like today. But uh, just war theory, if, if my mind, uh, if my memory serves me, there are five, um, five things that need to be satisfied in order to justly enter into war. Um, and I, I'm not going to remember all five of them, and I'm not going to uh, get all the terminology correct. Although uh, Michael has helped me out here by uh, looking up, up uh, looking up a few answers. But first of all, you know, there, there has to be an unjust aggressor. You know that that's that that someone is coming after you uh, unjustly. That 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 you have that that right for self-defense. Um, and then you know. Um, you know, as, have all peaceable options been ruled out? You know, have you have you tried have you tried negotiations? Have you tried to find a peaceful uh, resolution? Uh, if that does not uh, not help, then um, the, you know that would open it up. Um, that there is. Um, you know the the intention must be good. You know that it's not just about taking taking over uh, an, another another country. Mm. Um, and there also has to be a reasonable uh, um, possibility of success. You know if you go into this war and you know you know this is going to last twenty years. Yeah, that's that. That probably doesn't satisfy the just war yeah. theory. There are a few other uh, things that go into that, but thanks for the question. It's a nice, nice way to wrap up our conversation here on September 11th. Thank you, everybody. This is Real Presence Live. You